you're listening to the Audacious As Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Martha Ramos, Dominican-born, New York City-raised, a former advertising executive turned coach, speaker, and personal empowerment expert. And I'm on a mission to encourage more women to be the chief empowered officer, aka the CEO, of her life. So if you have the audacity to play by your own rules and are ready to cultivate, elevate, and own a thriving life and business, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Oh, and P.S. as a Latina, get ready to listen to some bilingualism or Spanglish thrown into the mix. So cheers to you, my friend, and I can't wait to get to know you and connect with you. And I hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. I'm super psyched that you're joining us and I am excited to bring on this guest, Nadia Ahrens. She is a psychotherapist, coach, spiritual mentor, and she works mostly with women through different life transitions via her workshops, online groups, and retreats. Ooh, we should talk a little bit about that. I love going on retreats. Um, and she believes that we are all human. We are, we all struggle and we all have traumas and tragedy that we can actually grow from. Um, and I'd love for her to share a little bit about her story. So with that, Nadia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be here and connect with another New Yorker, especially being all the way out here. <laughs> yes, you're in Seattle now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's a it's a good place, but it's always nice to connect with some hometown peeps. So you're you're welcome. It's an honor. Let's kick it off. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and what led you to, you know, work with these women, especially in the what I like to call the mind trash and traumas that we tend to go through, especially as women of color or women in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to, um, to just start kind of from the beginning a little bit, you know, back in my twenties, I was, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I worked in corporate for like a super brief amount of time and I traveled and I waited tables and did all these things. And I, I, I got lot, laid off from my corporate job and I was like, huh, okay, let me, let me take an inventory out of all these different things that I've done in my life. Is there a common thread? You know, because mm. often people get stuck and they're like, oh shit, this just happened to me. But it's so important to kind of reflect back and be like, is there a thread, you know, that you know, out of all of these different things. And I realized that no matter where in the world I went, people were coming to me with their problems and I loved helping them with it. And it, I felt great. They felt great. And that's when the light bulb went off to go back to school for psychology. So I had to, you know, finish my undergrad, then go to grad school. Um, and I have always been a spiritual person and grew up in a very open family. And I noticed that, you know, that was always something that was felt like it was missing when I was doing just traditional therapy was the spiritual aspect. And so I was like, how on earth can I combine psychology with spirituality? And then just like the universe works. I was like, oh, here's a course in hypnotherapy. Let me get trained to do that. And when I did, it was like the perfect marriage of the two. And so women and, you know, we, we suffer from a lot of mind trash, like, and, and yeah. negative self-talk and, you know, it's, you know, it's the fucking patriarchy. It's, it's our family of origin. It's, it's our traumas that, you know, when we experience trauma, no matter how small or how big we make these instantaneous beliefs about ourselves. I'm not a good person. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. And they happen in a split second that we don't even realize that they're happening. And then what happens next is that we then create a behavior based on those negative beliefs about ourselves. So 
I'm not a, I'm, I'm unworthy. So I am not even going to try to start my own entrepreneurial journey or I'm not lovable. So I'm just going to go have sex with any guy that will have me, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. but these are all done on a very subconscious level, which is what hypnosis and hypnotherapy actually is. And so, um, just to, you know, inform, you know, your listeners, people always think like, oh, are you going to make me cluck like a chicken? Or like, you know, (laughs) am I going to remember, you know, like, it's like, honestly, one of like, there are two main questions that people ask me, that's number one. And two, what if something comes up that I don't know about, you know, but Mm -hmm. so with hypnotherapy or hypnosis, it's basically doing therapy in a very relaxed state. So hypnosis is just a fancy term for a relaxed state. And so Mm -hmm. when you're, if you and I were just doing traditional talk therapy, we're using our conscious mind, which is what we're in only 10% of the time. And so it's like how you show up, you know? And so it's like, okay, here's my personality. Here's my logical thinking. Here's all of my defense mechanisms. Um, Here's every rational linear thought that I have. That's in essence, the conscious mind. When we're in hypnosis or in doing hypnotherapy, we're shifting into our subconscious mind, which is where we are 90% of the time. And so the subconscious is where all of our feelings live where all of our uh, creativity lives, our dreams, our spiritual connection, our um, bodily functions, like our heart beating and our blood flowing and our eyes blinking, like that's all housed in our subconscious. And so when we're in that subconscious mind through hypnosis, those defense mechanisms like analyzing being in your head, rationalizing, you know, you name it, all of those defense mechanisms, they they don't exist in the subconscious. And so you're able to access that mind trash, essentially, a lot quicker, a lot easier, and heal it on a on a deeper level. And so um and so that's in essence what hypnotherapy is. So like if you were coming to me for some, you know, either a pattern in your life mm-hmm. break or again, this negative thought loop that you can't, you know, no matter how many times you do those affirmations yeah. working, it's because you're just, you're thinking about it. And so it's only getting to that 10% versus that 90%. And so when you do that shift, you know, we, I bring you into a state of relaxation, like we go to your favorite place and it's, it's really using all of your senses versus just your mind. And so once we get you into a really awesome space, then we go, okay, well, let's talk about that mind trash. I mean, not really talk about it, like bring up that, that experience of the mind trash and what core feeling is associated with that? Is it shame? Is it fear? Is it guilt, sadness, fear? You know, and so, and then where in your body is it? Because when we start to tune into our body, mm-hmm. we automatically get out of our head, right? And so it's like, oh, okay, I feel shame in my heart. And so it's it's an access, access point because you're, your higher self, that wise part of you, speaks through your body and your feelings, and it's up to us to learn how to decode it. So through hypnotherapy, we could access that a lot quicker and easier. And then we then go back to this once we get that feeling and where it is in our body and, and that that mind trash statement, so to speak, Mm -hmm. then we go back and I go, okay, when was the first time you had a same or similar experience? So you might go to like seven, you might go to 12, you might go to two, 
you might go to a whole bunch of other different places, you know, and you go to that root experience, you heal whatever that trauma was at that time, you know, and, and then, you know, it's like, oh, a teacher called me stupid. So now I think that I, you know, I don't believe in myself. So you're healing that aspect. It's a lot of inner child work. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that healing piece, then we go back and we say, okay, that mind trash of I'm stupid or I'm not worthy. What do you need to, what do you want to change it to? What positive affirmation do you want to change it to? Because the subconscious is like a sponge. And so yeah. it is taking in everything. And so we're in essence kind of reprogramming that computer on a subconscious level. So it really could shift that, that, uh, that mindset and do a lot of really deep healing um, as well. It's like a double whammy of, of awesome healing. (laughs) Wow. This is so fascinating because I tend to do a lot of mindset work with my clients as well, but more from the stories that we tell ourselves, trying to figure out where those stories are coming from and finding the evidence that support that to then reframe, reframe it or shift it into a more empowering state of mind. But my question to you is for someone like me, who's like an overthinker and whose mind is always on overdrive, how challenging is it to get someone like me to just be in that relaxed state of mind to be able to do that deep inner work that you do? Right. Well, um, I, I was you. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, get this head to shut up is like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, and so, and then of course, like just occupational hazard, I was like, I know why I do all this stuff. I, I could analyze the shit out of why I do these things. And I could, you know, I, I, you know, I had it all in my head. And so it, it really is learning. It's, it's, it's first of all, trusting the person that you're going to um, work with, because that's a big thing, right? And so, so if we were working together, I would do just a, a, what I call hypno light. And so I would just bring you into that really relaxed state. I would um, bring you to like a great time when you felt empowered and strong and then bring you out of it, you know? And so it's a little bit of um, just bringing you in slowly. Mm -hmm. And then like the next time that we work together, we would um, go a little deeper. And so for somebody who kind of gets locked in their head a lot, a big part of that work would be to refocus on aspects of your body. Where do you feel that in your body? Is it like, is it in your toes? Is it in your stomach? Is it in your, you know, yesterday in my membership, I, you know, one of the women was like, all of her pain was in her, um, was in her jaw. Um, Mm. Because she had learned that she had to suck everything up and not express herself. And so she was getting pain in her jaw. And so, you know, we would use your body as a a different um, entry point into the work. Wow. It's basically like, have you ever like driven a car on a highway and then like you zone out and then you're like, you know, I just drove 10 10 miles and I don't remember, you just kind of zone out or like if you've... um, uh, like before you fall asleep where you're in that relaxed state, but you're not mm-hmm. quite asleep. Like that's exactly what hypnosis is. Or if you've ever taken a yoga class and you're in Savasana and you're just in that relaxed state, that's, that's where you are with hypnotherapy and you remember everything. Yeah. So interesting. This is why I don't do yoga. I, I, I am more of the kickboxer. Let me punch in your face type of gal. <laughs> Meaning a punching bag, not your face, but a punching bag. (laughs) Hey, so I'm interrupting this segment to invite you to visit our website and check out the Audacious CEO Club. So make sure you go visit MarthaLRamos.com forward slash CEO Club and join our membership community today. 
It is the place to be if you want to strengthen your mindset, focus, confidence, commitment, and get to network with other badass women so you can start showing up as the CEO you were born to be. So go ahead, friend, snatch up a spot, and I can't wait to see you inside the club. But this is so fascinating, and I feel like um, for me in my mind, when I used to think about hypnosis is, you know, through movies and stuff that you see and they're like that clock in front of you and telling you to like, you know, relax and just pay attention. (laughs) Yeah. So this is, this is all very fascinating. Now, when you were describing some of the mind trash that tends to come up, I automatically went to I had a teacher in elementary school who I think it was like show and tell, and you were supposed to say what you wanted to be when you grow up. And I remember saying that I wanted to be a professional and make lots of money. But her response was like, don't worry, don't worry about going to college because the most you'll ever be is a housekeeper. And yes, I see your face. Yes. (laughs) And I remember telling myself, like, what is she talking about? Like, that, that's not what I want to be. Um, so anyway, that story always stood in my mind, but I think I used it as a driver. And maybe this is why I'm such an overachiever because I use it as a driver to not become a housekeeper. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that, you know, profession. Right. I know a lot of women who, who do that in order to take care of their families. But I think she was planting a seed for me to just not bloom into my full potential. And then I used it more as a driver to say, no, I'm, I, let me teach you. Let me show you who I am going to be. So it's so, so interesting that it takes us back to our moments. And now I feel like, do I still have that story? Like, is it still preventing me from... Fully owning who I am because I keep going back to that moment as a child that the teacher once said this is, and I keep having to prove myself constantly and feeling, you know, an overachiever, which is very taxing, very stressful, very, you know, anxiety driven. Well, and you, you nailed it when you said she planted the seed. Right. Cause that, at that moment, it was like, it was like that soul moment where you just went, what? And then your belief was, I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the behavior that stemmed from that was now I'm going to be an overachiever to prove you wrong. You know, and, and yeah, I mean, and then what's what's fascinating is like that overachiever works. Like that's how the ego works. Like it it works, and you're like, watch me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that is it's my attitude. Ever, it is right. through my attitude. Yeah. Watch me. Right. And so, and it works, and it works, and it works, and it works, and and then you become success successful and you climb the corporate ladder and you do all the things. And then how it works is it works until it doesn't. Mm. (laughs) And then you're, that's when people come to me and they're like, "Um, okay, so this has been working and now it's not working. And I, I don't know what to do or where to go or how to be or how to undo it. Like mm-hmm. I call the, you know, because any decision like that is that's your ego mind making that decision. And so I always call that ego the frenemy because at that point she was your friend and you're like, watch me, I'm going to overachieve and I'm going to blow, blow you out of the fucking water. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, at, and then at some point it starts to turn on you and it becomes the enemy part. You know, because being that overachiever is exhausting and it could lead to burnout, you know, and then, and then you're on that hamster wheel of like, how do I get off? And, and, but you don't have the tools or the keys to that treasure box to, to 
help guide you, you know, because that it's, you're trying to figure it out and I have to keep going and I have to keep going. And then that feeds into the whole patriarchal bullshit too, that, you know, then for you, it'd be like, okay, let, what would life be like if you allowed some rest mm. to come into play or to receive and, and, and to, and to be like, I have tons of women who are doers. <laughs> I have this one, I have this one client and it was great. I said, here's what I want you to do. And no, she's like, okay, so what do I do? I said, I want you to do nothing. <laughs> and that is so hard for doers. She said to me, she goes, okay, how do I do that? We just like lost it. We just laughed so hard, you know, and, and, and it's taken some time because that patterning was so deep mm -hmm. in, in your brain that it's like, we had to learn through hypnotherapy, through processing a whole bunch of mind body work, just talking one-on-one -on -one and hypnotherapy that she's now has learned how to be and to receive, because I think as women, whether you're an overachiever or not, we are conditioned to overgive and to people please. Yeah. And when we take time for ourselves and to take care of ourselves and our soul, I call it soul care instead of self care, it, we feel guilty. A hundred percent. It's. It's that guilt that that used to drive me crazy because now I know I know better, right? So when you know better, you do better, right? And there are times that I do sit on the couch and just watch TV because that's what I feel like doing at the moment. Um, but we're conditioned, especially as women, to be the nurturers, the caregivers always on the go, always plugged in, whether you're cooking, cleaning, taking care of the house, working, school, like all of this, like we're taught that we need to do everything to take care of ourselves and take care of people around us. But we're not allowed to take a moment to just sit, relax and be, and just be. Right, right, right. And all of that overdoing is tied up in our worth. So yeah. if we're not doing everything for everybody else, you know, because it's like, you know, part of my goal is to teach women to look internally for their self-worth versus externally. You know, we've gotten conditioned, like, like, every movie, every rom-com, like every Disney movie, like, the what is the name of that movie with Tom Cruise? I can't stand it. Jerry Maguire. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, I, I fucking hate that movie because it it was it, it was like you complete me. It was like <sighs> it's like no 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 nobody else completes you. You complete yourself, right? And then it becomes this like I think it won like Academy Awards too or something, and it was just. It's like, no, when we're looking externally for our worth, whether it's through a relationship or through kids or your business or whatever, your family, if we're looking externally for our worth, we're going to stay on that hamster wheel of overdoing and people pleasing. Nadia, you are speaking my language. And let me tell you, it's so funny you mentioned that movie because that line I hate, right? Because I used to sit there and be like, but wait a minute, if my, if I got all my limbs and all my senses, I am complete. I am a complete human being. Right. 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 And let me tell you what's the line that stuck with me is when he goes, show me the money. Now that resonates with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not this complete bullshit because guess what? I am a hundred percent complete. Now I get it. There's women um, and it's probably because we were taught to think that way. Like when you get a partner, you know, oh, he completes you. And I'm like, no, sis, you're already a hundred percent. You're whole. Right. Right. And you don't need, no. And 
you don't need that external validation to make you feel worthy. So similar to your work, my part of my my purpose really is to show women their worth. They're worthy because they exist. Yep. The fact that you're on this earth, you're living, you're breathing, you are already worthy and deserving of all your dreams and desires. Yeah. Right? And another thing that I, that I hate is when people say charge your worth or go for that promotion and ask for what you're worth. And truth be told, your worth is priceless. Just because you are a human being, mm. your worth is priceless. Now, what you can do is charge for the value that you bring to the table. Right. 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 So I love, I You're love, like, seriously I love that you're going to make this empath cry. Like, I'm just like, I am, I have like soul chills. I'm feeling this so hard. It's so good. It's because it's true. It's like, if you are born, you, you're worthy. Yeah. That's it. You know, you don't don't need anyone telling you otherwise. Um, And, and I hate that in society and even in our culture, they make us believe that our worth is tied to something outside of us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I have this theory that it's like, we, like, I, I, I believe that like before we're born, like when we are souls, right? We choose this life as this human and we choose our parents and our our children and our relationships and our life experiences so our soul could learn and grow and evolve, right? And so we come in as these like super shiny souls of light, right? These little baby beings. Mm-hmm. And then we have all of these experiences like your teacher or like, you know, my teacher crumpled up a, a third grade, crumpled up a piece of uh, something that I had written, like an essay, and she crumpled it up with her hand and threw it in the garbage. <gasps> so I, I've had, I had a similar moment, right? And so, but all of the, right, totally. And so all of these experiences chip at our worth, yeah. right? But they're all kind of, designed to help us grow. Right. And so we have these traumatic experiences. I mean, and look, like I've gone through way bigger trauma than having my third grade teacher do that. I mean, my, you know, one thing I always share is that my eight-year-old son died in 2016. It was totally unexpected. And so I, I mean, everything just fell out from the bottom of me. And it's been a conscious choice every day to transform the shit out of my life versus be a victim and just live a passively suicidal life, right? And so I have this unshakable belief in humans that no matter what you go through, you always have a choice to like tap into your soul and go, okay, I have the strength. I might not have the strength right now, but I know, and I will continue to grow or I'm just going to become, I'm just going to give up. And that like, that's just not in my makeup, but, but going back to that, like when we have all of these experiences, like chip at our worth And then you're at the bottom, like you're at that rock bottom. And then the goal, the rest of the journey as as a human soul is to to heal all of that so that we can believe that we are worthy once again. You know, it's, it's almost like a, I don't know, like a bell curve in a way. You know, so it's like we have these experiences and now we have to heal from these experiences and, and harness that true uh, soul worth, for lack of a better way to put it, and belief in ourselves, so that we can live our purpose, our soul purpose life. Yeah. You know, and I, I know that you work with a lot of um, corporate women And it's, you know, and if, hey, if corporate's your jam and that's what you're supposed to be doing and you're supposed to be climbing your ladder and you feel fulfilled and all that, fan-fucking-tastic. Mm-hmm. But 
ask yourself, is this what I was born to be put on this planet for? And is it even all worth it? Is, you know, is, is all the stress and anxiety and staying up at night and, you know, for me being a woman, a woman of color, not getting paid what I should be getting paid, but yet I am doing double the work. Is it even worth it? Right. For what? You know, for, for what? I mean, I remember when I was in corporate for that brief amount of time and I was kind of like, I don't really get this. Like, wait, so I just, I keep working to get to the next level and then I go to the next level, but for what? To put money in this dude's pocket? Like it yeah. just, it, it never, it just never made sense, you know, to me. And so it's, but that's it. It's like, I'm going to be happy when, when I get that next promotion or I'm going to be happy when I make it to director or to GM or whatever. And it's, it's that dangling carrot and it's, and, or I'm going to be happy when, I get engaged or when I get married or when I have kids or when I buy the house, you know, and it's like, we've been conditioned to not be happy with our present moment. Mm. Preach. And to constantly be looking for that next thing. What is that next thing that's really going to make me happy and fulfilled and successful? And then you're there and then it's the next thing. I mean, it's like how many times it's like, you know, oh, you get you, you, you know, like yes. you have a boyfriend and then they're like, people are like, oh, when are you going to get engaged or you're engaged? Oh, when are you going to get married? And then you get married. Oh, when are you going to have kids? It's just like, can't you just let us fucking be? Can't we be? And again, it's the patriarchy going, 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 going. The feminine energy is all about being and nurturing and going within and I think that like if 2020 showed us anything is just like the divine feminine is like on an upswing, you know, because we just needed to clear fucking house with 2020 and old regimes. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the traditional way of doing things is no longer serving us. It wasn't working for us then. I really feel like and I may get some slack for this, but the global pandemic really just came to show us to be present, to be more still, to really sit down and question how we want to live our lives moving forward. For those of us who were privileged enough to survive um, and to really go after those things that really matter most yeah. versus what I've mentioned before on the show, that linear way of living Similar to the example you gave, like getting into a relationship, getting married, having the kids, buying the house, like doing all these things in, in linear format versus just living in your truth, just being, just, you know, doing what it is that you want to do. And I get it. Oh, you know, I've had people, you know, I had an old boss who didn't like one of my posts about um, corporate America and burnout and you know, she mentioned that's how she takes care of her family. Great. That if that is your jam, great. Right. But for those of us who had that same experience and was already fed up and frustrated and needed a way to get out and didn't know how, call me. Right. Because I'm going to show you that there is another way of living. Right. And, you know, two things. One, you know, that old boss, like she was probably pretty triggered by it because it was truth. Yeah. Oh, and, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and my husband was worked in corporate, you know, all the big corporate places and then got laid off. And then three months later, our son died. So it was a big, huge, I mean, it was just a fucking shit show of 2016. But, and then went into, now he has, um, he's like in hospitality and Airbnbs. And when COVID hit, that all shut down. And I remember having a conversation with him and he said, no matter how hard it is right now, you will never get me back into corporate, mm. you know, because it was just 
this level of freedom, you know, of running your own business and, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's hard and it's empowering and, you know, and it's almost again, like deconditioning yourself from this, this patriarchal energy that is just infiltrated into our, um, into our, uh, country in our society of this is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to keep those golden handcuffs on and I'm going to, you know, do all the things that it's like, once you kind of release yourself from that, either from a layoff or making a conscious choice of doing something scary, audacious as fuck and unconventional. Absolutely. There's no going back. No. You know, I'm like, once you work for yourself, there's no going back. And it's awesome. (laughs) And and freedom, right? Because it's one of my core values can mean different things to different people. So what was it for you in terms of running your own business that keeps you, you know, because I'm going to say it, entrepreneurship is hard and making money and having to constantly be getting clients, it's, it's challenging, but what is it that makes it worth, worthwhile for you from a freedom perspective? Oh, I, I mean, freedom's one of my core values also. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it, like little, little things, like I was able to take a vacation in June in July, and I'll take another one in August all for, you know, okay. I, I'm like, I could just go and take off and be like, Hey clients, I'm just going to see you this week instead of that week. And they're like, okay. You know, and I grew up with parents who were entrepreneurs. So I, I have that spirit. So, you know, I think I am atypical in that way where most people are coming from, you know, the, the, that corporate, you know, this is what it's supposed to be. Um, But for me, it's just like, you know, I also worked in clinics and, you know, I, in, in agencies before I, I went out on my own and, um, I kind of put it in my head, like, this is a learning, like I'm learning and growing and every job that I took, I knew it was going to be another tool in my toolbox for when I became an entrepreneur. Um, you know, and so, that's kind of, you know, it's just, I, it's just the freedom. I see clients three days a week. You know, I, I, you know, Mondays and Fridays, I, you know, work on my business or I take off on Friday afternoons, you know? And so just having that ability to create my own system that works for me, like to be able to, to be like, yeah. I have to be in the office at nine and leave at five and, and be in a cubby or, or a small office without a window. Like all of that stuff was just, it was energetically draining. And I know we kind of talked a little bit about being an empath, you know? And so for, for empaths and highly sensitive people like that is, oh, it's like a huge drain. And so to be able to say, okay, when, you know, when am I the most productive or, you know, Hey, I just got my period and I'm really tired today. So, Oh, okay, great. I only have two or three clients. Like, you know, just to be able to kind of create my business that works best for who I am and and, and for who I am. Your lifestyle, right? Right. Like works for you, your lifestyle, how you want to live. It's right. key. And to be, to be lucky enough, you know, I don't know if I should air quote that or not to, to have found that my work on this planet is to help women heal, you know? And so even when I am working, it doesn't feel like work like this is, I mean, please, I could be on here with you for hours. Hello. I, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, but I, I, we might have to do another show on this. But one of the things that I did want to bring up is, especially for a lot of women in corporate, and I know this was me once, while I was so unhappy and I felt stuck and I didn't have a clear path as to what I wanted to do, 
entrepreneurship was not was not it because it was something that was not taught to me, right? But now that I am looking to work with more women in corporate who have that entrepreneurial spirit, but is afraid to take that leap, right? That that fear of missing that paycheck to paycheck, missing their 401k, missing those benefits. What what would you say is the number one thing that can help them shift out of that fear into a life of their own, living life on their terms, starting a business, you know, finally taking that leap into entrepreneurship because I know that deep down, and this is because I was her, they're so unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, one of the things I would say, it's like I'm a huge and firm believer in baby steps, you know? And so when you get this, you know, like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur and, you know, but I have the 401k, I've got the two weeks, the two weeks vacation. Oh, I know. Terrible. You know, all those things, you know, fear is a motherfucker, you know? And so when you think of like making this giant leap, that's also kind of what is also going to keep you stuck. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's, um, have you heard of the hero's journey? Yes. Okay. So essentially we're all heroes on our own journey. And so you get that call, right. To leave corporate. And the number one thing, the first thing that that hero or heroine does on the journey, the first step is resist the call. Mm. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> that is way too scary. I'm not doing it. It's like Harry Potter or Luke Skywalker or Katniss Everdeen. Like, no, I am not doing that. Right. But then what happens is like, then you, then you're in your comfort zone mm-hmm. and corporate America is the biggest fucking comfort zone I've ever seen in my life. Quite honestly, now that I'm even thinking about it. Right. So I'm going to stay here with my 401k and my my paycheck every two weeks and I might be dying inside, Mm -hmm. but but I know it and it's safe and it's complacent. And this thought of becoming an entrepreneur is just way too scary. And so I'm going to sit here in this, in this comfort zone. But what happens ultimately is that comfort zone, the, the, the fear of that unknown starts to outweigh the comfort zone or the comfort zone starts to outweigh the fear. (laughs) So either way, that comfort zone gets heavier and heavier Mm -hmm. and heavier, heavier. And the fear of that unknown is not as scary anymore because that complacency and that feeling of dying inside is really starting to kind of hold and so that's when that's that second step when when that hero goes okay now I'm going to step on that path. And so but fear is such a, a a like I said a motherfucker that baby steps is is the way to go because when you take baby steps. So if you're scared shitless to leave your corporate job, start the side hustle. Yes. You know, that's how I did it. I was working in clinics and agencies, but I knew that I wanted to first have my own private practice, but I wasn't going to just jump ship and, and hope that people show up. I said, okay, one night a week, I'm going to rent office space and I'm going to see clients and I'll work all day. And then I will see clients one night Mm. a week. And then that grew to two nights a week. And then that grew again, you know? And so eventually there was a tipping point that I said, okay, I'm not going to make as much money as I was making in these agencies and clinics. However, I have that confidence now to know that people are going to show up and that I could do, like, I could, I could take the leap. But with the baby steps, what happens is our, when our amygdala, which is our fear center, when it gets activated, Mm -hmm. it, it's, it wants to keep us safe. So we go into fight, flight, fear, or fawn response. And so when, and then when that happens and we're in a fear state, nothing happens. 
Yeah, right? you're paralyzed. And so, right. And that's the freeze. Mm-hmm. Or you or you or you fight, right? And you and you or you uh fawn, which is the one that I it's a new fear response. Here's the dork alert. Like there is research that fawning, which is people pleasing Mm -hmm. and overdoing is a fear response to keep safe. I can see that. Yeah. And of course it happens mostly in women, right? (laughs) But when we take baby steps, our amygdala doesn't get activated because it doesn't it's not aware that we're taking these little small micro steps on our path. And so if you want to become an entrepreneur and you're scared, what's one small little baby step that you could mm-hmm. take? And is it like is it, you know, set up a PayPal account and start getting paid or set up an Etsy shop if you are if, you know what I mean like baby or steps. hire a coach and work through your bullshit right. to help you take those right. steps. Right. Or, or do hypnotherapy to get through those fears and those blocks. Because when you do that work, you get in touch with your higher self and your soul's purpose. And you, and then that starts to become the forefront versus the ego and the fear. Mm. Love it. Love it. I feel like Nadia, I feel like we need to do a part two because I definitely want to talk to you about scarcity mindset versus growth and then how being an empath plays a part both in our lives and in our careers. So we have to set up a date for um, part two. Absolutely. Yes. But with that, I wanted to just ask you a couple of quick questions to close out the show. So the first one is, what does it mean to be the CEO of your life? and or business? I love it. Um, honestly, it's, it's freedom. It's freedom and it's empowerment. You know, there's, there's nothing, uh, more exciting and empowering as being an entrepreneur. And there's nothing as more challenging as that as well. You know, it's like right when you think you have all of your issues in check, you're like, oh, wait, that just showed up over here in this circle, like, in the, <laughs> you know, and so, but honestly, the freedom and empowerment that, um, that I feel when I help others, it, it's, it's like, I just want everybody on this planet to heal as like hokey and like, you know, hippie as that sounds. It's just like, when you start to heal yourself, like all the magic starts to happen and everything starts to line up. And like, it's like clear your shit away so you could become more spiritually aligned and just be in that flow is like, and if I, and when I do that with people, I'm also in that flow. So it's just like this natural buzz and high that I can't get enough of. I love it. Yes. Let's heal our shit people. So we can get into our higher self. (laughs) Um, What's the most audacious thing you've ever done? Uh, um, How much time do we have? (laughs) I, um, well, I mean, honestly, like, you know, being able to get myself up off the floor and to be where I am now five years later was one of the most audacious things, um, I have ever done. So that, and, um, I climbed a mountain in Vietnam in a monsoon. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> and it was like 11,000 feet and my, and living in New York city at the time, my girlfriend and I went traveling and, um, we had no idea. I'd never gone camping. She had never gone camping. Like, and we're like, yeah, let's go do it. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And, uh, it was for three days and I almost died a bazillion times. And, um, but it was one of those moments where I'm like, this is about the journey and not the destination. Mm -hmm. And it was empowering and as, and audacious as fuck. I mean, and I was like, I did. I came down from that mountain. I was like, I want a big bowl of fucking noodles, a shower, and I could do fucking anything. (laughs) I love it. And straight to the food. That would, that would have been me too. Like, get me some food, get me some wine. 
Yeah, totally. I love it. <laughs> now, how can people connect with you and learn more about your work? I am on the social channels. So I'm uh, Nadia Aaron's um, on Instagram, Nadia Aaron's coaching on Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, but I'm not really active on LinkedIn, but find me there or NadiaAarons.com. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's where you'll find me. Nadia Aaron's everything. Like, uh, like just plug it in. You'll find me. <laughs> we'll make sure to include the links in the show notes. But Nadia, before I go, I just wanted to honor you for your courage because I don't know what it is to be a mom. I am not a mom. And I don't know what it is to lose a child. So I want to honor you and send you the biggest hug and kiss. I know it's been a couple of years, but I want to honor you and honor his memory with this episode too. So sending you a big kiss and a hug. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And with that, I will say, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope to catch you on the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoy this episode, please make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, letting us know if this is helping you in your life. Also, please share the love with other audacious women so they too can join our community. And speaking of community, please make sure to visit our website at MarthaLRamos.com and subscribe to our newsletters for more tools, resources, and motivation. And you can start by downloading your free guide, How to Get Clear as Fuck Even During Uncertain Times. And with that, until next time, friend. If you enjoyed today's show, then I want to personally invite you to check out the Audacious CEO Club, a membership community by women of color for women of color. It's the essential resource for new and aspiring women entrepreneurs who are looking to start or grow a business they love. So whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur looking to grow or thinking about taking the leap from your nine to five, then we got a seat for you. Yes, friend, no more waiting for a seat at the table. We're going to help you build your own by providing you the training, mentorship, tools, and a supportive community of other badass women cheering you on. So make sure to visit our website at www.marthaelramos.com forward slash CEO club for more info. Can't wait to see you there, friend.